This podcast is brought to you by DeMarini. Are you ready to join the uprising? More than 150 programs around the nation have, including back-to-back Division I and II national champions, Oregon State and Tampa, and Division III national champion Keene. Log on to demarini.com backslash dnation and check out the Voodoo Minus 3 to see why the SC3 alloy is the most powerful and durable performance alloy on the market. It gives you the pop you need to get along because chicks don't dig the ground ball. The Uprising, coming to a ballpark near you. Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast, college style, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Settle in. It'll probably be more than 15 minutes. Lots to talk about. College baseball season in full swing just two weeks in, Aaron. Uh, it almost seemed like it took too long to get here, but once it's gotten here, boy, college baseball season is uh, just comes. It's just come correct so far. And you were out in San Diego this weekend, uh, taking in the this University of San Diego's tournament, and uh, just so much good college baseball to be had this weekend. And it's awesome that you were able to to be there and see the the caliber of play and the quality of uh, players that you saw. I was so glad I made that trip, John. It was it was well worth it uh, to see all the. I mean, first of all, it was about the pitching. I think I I mentioned that on the blog. Uh, this weekend really was, was I think, there was an emphasis on pitching out there because there were just so many quality arms gathered in one spot, and that's uh, what drew all the, the scouting directors and everybody else from the scouting community out there. Uh, it was really a, a neat atmosphere on Friday to have so many uh, so many people wanting to see these these top guys. But um, you know, but more than that, though, John, the, the thing that, that impressed me about this weekend was uh, these were six really good quality regional regional caliber teams and. and um, you know, even even uh, the teams that went one and three this weekend, Cal Poly and uh, Fresno State and San Diego State. I got the feeling that all three of those uh, will be in the NCAA tournament. Um, so That's the thing. I mean, it was a deep tournament. It wasn't it was. just there was star power. There were big time teams, but it was a deep tournament. There wasn't a didn't seem like there was a dog game in the whole weekend for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, I guess the first game between uh, Cal and uh, Fresno State was was not very competitive, but it was still good to see. Uh, you know, the, the players involved there, and Justin Wilson started that game for Fresno State, who's a left-hander that uh, uh, a lot of people are very high on. And Has he, big stuff. He does have big stuff, and, and Cal was able to, to pound him a little bit, so uh, he was just a little bit erratic with his command. I think uh, their, their coaches said afterward it was, it was probably the worst command he's had there at Fresno State. So he'll be fine. I think Fresno will be fine. But, uh, it well, was, Fresno, Fresno drops out. Yep. They're one of the teams that were ranked going in. Preseason top 25 team that's already out there. Several of those, East Carolina, Old Dominion, Fresno, Louisiana, Lafayette, several of those clubs. A lot of new clubs this week in the rankings. Uh, one of them is Cal. Let's, let's, let's focus on the Cal Bears for a minute because the Cal Bears, big weekend for them in San Diego. They're really the northernmost team. The most They're the one that has the least good weather of the five teams other than Missouri, the five California teams. That were in that event. Yeah. Um, you know, Missouri obviously coming at it from a whole different uh, you know, direction in terms of weather, and that's another reason why Missouri's performance is so impressive there. But, you know, Cal and Berkeley, sometimes they don't have great weather. They, they, they can't always get outside. There's a program that under Dave Esker has, and before him under Bob Alano, was always pretty good in the last 15 years, has not really quite gotten over that hump to being a consistent regional team. And this weekend, they really look, really look like they made a statement, Aaron, like that they – we had them fifth in the preseason in the Pac-10 and a very competitive Pac-10 just ahead of Stanford and Southern California, just behind that big four of UCLA, Arizona, Oregon State, and, of course, Arizona State. Right now, they look like they, – they came out looking like a team that could not just be a regional team, but it could be a factor in regionals, right? Yeah, absolutely, John. And, and the reason is because 
you know, they're, they're fishing, first of all, uh, is, is solid behind Tyson Ross. And, and he's going to come back. It doesn't sound like it's a serious injury. There was some buzz there this weekend that he's going to have an MRI on his shoulder, but that was false. Uh, you know, the, the coaching staff there said that's just not true. Here's a preseason All-American, a guy has been a two-year weekend guy in the Pac-10, got a 250 ERA in the Pac-10 last year. And uh, coming back for his junior season, so he doesn't even pitch this this weekend, right? And they still so that could have been a negative for them uh, as a team psychologically, but they really seemed like that didn't affect them at all. No, it didn't because they, you know they they just they just came out there and, and they got strong performances from Chad Benningson, a left-hander who uh, I was I was impressed with, gave him eight strong innings. Uh, I think it was Saturday, and then on, on Sunday, uh, Alex Rollin came out there and, and, and pitched fairly well. And so uh, he's another another key guy for them, a senior who's, who's been around and, and I think is, is ready to take that next step this year, uh, really a quality three-pitch mix. Um, and then, you know, in the bullpens, uh, when you've got Matt Gorgon at the back of the bullpen, that really stabilizes things. So I think the, the pitching there is, will be very good. Um, it's, it's deep enough. And, and, and the lineup, though, was what impressed me. They had the best offense in my mind out there this weekend. Uh, David Cooper is one of the best hitters in the country, and, and you know I think that he impressed a lot of people with his ability to to hit with power to the opposite field. Um, you know I think you're going to see teams probably bust him a little bit more inside now and, and see how he adjusts to that. But uh, but I saw him turn on a couple of balls down the line as well. So um, when when you've got an offense built around David Cooper, but the key has been has been Josh Satin behind him, the senior second baseman who was so good as a freshman a few years ago, and then the Cape Cod League. Uh, had shoulder surgery that summer and, and you know really was not good as a sophomore and it was M- Cape MVP uh, in 2006 also known as the summer of uh, uvula around these parts <laughs> when I was uh, got out of the hospital and went to the uh, <laughs> went to the Cape All Star game yes. in summer 2006 also known as the All Star game where Matt Laporta pitched that's right um, among other uh, position players who pitched in that game but Josh Satin was the MVP of that game he had a good Cape. He also had a hand injury, I believe, last year that he struggled with a little bit. I've, I've emailed with his dad. I've emailed with Alex Rollins' dad. A couple of those seniors who, you know, kind of like you said, have had some success at Cal. It, it's always crucial. Teams that get to Omaha, teams that overachieve a little bit, always have big years out of their seniors. Yeah. And I guess the other surprising thing is that, you know, Brian Gwynn, their highly touted freshman shortstop out of Berkeley, hometown guy, really hasn't broken into that lineup and, and won that shortstop do- right. job like some, like some scouts thought that he would. But... And you look at their team, they've got 11 home runs, four by Satin, five by Cooper. Right. They're probably going to need a little help. It's well, early, but they're going to need some other guys that contribute, but it sounds like they do have other bats that can do that. Yeah, you know, guys like Jeff Cabernet at third base, he's, he's a really, really good hitter, I think. He's a, I saw him hit a, a, an awful lot of hard line drives this weekend, and the same goes for, for Brett Jackson, a sophomore center fielder, who I think is just a really dynamic player with speed and plays, plays uh, uh, with aggression and swagger. Uh, I think those guys are... Uh, are really going to be key guys for them, and, and you know, but there were other players up and down this lineup who uh, who looked who looked pretty good. So I think uh, I think Cal's going to be there, John. But uh, uh, they weren't the only team certainly this weekend that, that impressed. I mean, Missouri I thought lived up to expectations, and I know you've spoken with uh, with scouts who, who saw Missouri this weekend and, and were very impressed with uh, with what they saw. And, and and I have to agree. I mean, I think Missouri is um, you know we knew the pitching staff was outstanding, but I don't think their offense gets enough credit. I think that they they're going to be a better offense than they were this weekend. They, they right. didn't score a lot this weekend, but they but they showed you they can play with energy and they can they can scrap, scratch across runs when they need to, and they can hit for occasional power. We saw Aaron Sene hit a grand slam this weekend, and we saw um, Jacob, Jacob Friday hit a bomb the center field on Sunday. So those guys are going to have to be consistent. We're couple, talking about a couple teams there that are more pitching oriented, pitching and defense oriented. 
uh, their, their West Coast uh, West Coast kind of team like Cal. You have to be a little bit. You have to be pitching in defense when you're in the Pac-10 period. The other teams will will kill you if you're not. But they're a little bit more offensive than most of those uh, West Coast teams we're talking about. Missouri is kind of a pitching and defense approach in the Big 12. Really, we'll see how that how that goes. It's an interesting start of the year in the Big 12 as we talk here on the Baseball America podcast. I'm John Manuel. He's Aaron Fit, and you know the Big 12 so far. Aaron is playing kind of to our form. Uh, we had Missouri first, Baylor second, Texas third. I believe the league coaches had it uh, Texas, Missouri, Baylor. If not, and, if not, and might have been in there as well. And, and, and probably was in there as well. And so far, Missouri and Baylor both off the really good starts. Baylor seven and zero. That that sophomore class and, and redshirt freshman Sean Tollison's a part of that. That class though really maturing rapidly. Kendall Vols off to a great start for them. Yeah. They're doing all this without uh, Rainer Campbell. uh, Campbell's got a thumb injury. He hasn't played. Uh, I think he's played two games this year. Um, so you've got some uh, some interesting factors going on out there. Um, I'm really looking forward to that series this weekend with Baylor and, and Mississippi State, the, the uh, Ron Polk Invitational, if you will. Well, the Mississippi State off to a surprisingly, yeah. uh, I'm not sure, I guess tepid is the word, start. Losing a series to North Florida, and they lost a the game this weekend to Air Force. Right, which is he just can't do that. Yeah, Air Force is uh, 34, 33 victories in the previous four seasons combined. So Mississippi State... Struggling right now to replace guys like Jeffrey Ray and Ed Easley and uh, Mitch Moreland and the guys who really were the heart and soul of that College World Series team. Um, it, it, it's not easy to do. Um, one thing we, we, we'll talk a little bit about our poll. We could stay on the on the West Coast all the whole podcast if we wanted to, uh, with Arizona, uh, you know, winning its series, sweeping Sacramento State. I guess a plucky Sacramento State team is the way you put that. Uh, you got UCLA winning uh, its three games. On the weekend, a good week for UCLA, but they've got some injury issues going on, Aaron. They've got uh, uh, Ryan Babineau, I believe he's got a back spasms. He's kind of day-to-day. They lost uh, freshman Rob Rasmussen, who was going to be a, yeah. a midweek starter for them. They're, they're not firing on all cylinders yeah, yet at UCLA. didn't pitch this weekend either with right. the blister, and, and you know what? But I thought it was very encouraging that they got a, a very strong start from Charles Brewer in his, in his place. So uh, I, I think they've got enough depth that they'll be able to withstand that stuff. And, and Gavin Brooks will be back soon. And you, I guess the the biggest story, I guess other than these teams we talked about in San Diego, was there a team that you thought maybe had, again, a really, really impressive weekend? Would that be Arizona State again with the way they well, handled yeah, Michigan? I mean, Arizona State was very impressive, certainly, uh, to, to, to win two games against Michigan. Um, you know, but, but everyone knows Arizona State is good right now. And, and the key, though, I'll, I'll say Up to four them. in our ranking. Right. I mean, and, and they've gotten better play from, from maybe some of the guys you wouldn't expect uh, uh, like the, uh, the the shortstop transfer that they brought in, Marcel, Marcel Champagne. Yeah. Exactly. I'm I mean, not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, right, but he is Canadian, so I'm going to throw out that it's probably pronounced uh, French. His name's Marcel. Shortstop was a, a huge question mark for them coming into the year. Absolutely. And he has right now answered that uh, with a plum. Yeah, so. he's, he's a 6'4", 6'5", six, six, runner. That's a guy we rewrote up in our 2005 draft coverage coming out of Canada, and he had a big showing at a perfect game, uh, the National Showcase in Iowa. Kind of funny that a Canadian guy would go to the Perfect Game National Showcase uh, in Iowa uh, since he's not in this nation, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. With the junior college for two years, and uh, really offensively, he's been uh, very effective. I still think defensively is where it's really going to matter for him. And, and I'll tell you one other thing about Arizona State, John. I was talking with a, a scouting director this weekend in San Diego who uh, spent last weekend in, uh, in, in Tempe at the Gimarini Invitation and mm-hmm. saw a lot of the Sun Devils. And, and while he said he was impressed with that club, he still said the same thing that we've been wondering. He says, I don't know if they're going to have enough pitching staff, uh, uh, enough pitching depth when, when it matters. So. And there's a whole lot of, let's face it, and this, we should address this in the in the podcast here, 
there's a lot of tumult around that program. You got one player who's one pitcher in Fuller who's uh, academically ineligible. You have another one in Jason Jarvis where that's kind of hanging over his head. Will he stay eligible? Will he not? You have this whole Michael Moreno, the former uh, like basically operations guy, uh, extra baseball office guy, former player, um, with these accusations in the East Valley Tribune that surfaced last week about recruiting improprieties. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff they're dealing with here. It's kind of like a pitcher's mound meeting in Bull Durham. They're dealing with a lot of stuff here. And give them credit for, for handling it very well. Absolutely, so far this weekend. Absolutely, but you just don't know how that's going to play out over the, over the course of the season. Absolutely. On the field right now, Arizona State's playing as well, if not better, than any team in the country. So credit where credits due. I, I would say I would say better, John. I think, I think, that that the, I think that right now they have played the best. They have played the best out of uh, I think any team out there. I think so. Another team that's vying for that is South Carolina. And sure. South Carolina had a huge weekend. No uh, rivalry in my mind. The best rivalry in college baseball right now, in my mind, South Carolina against Clemson. These are both national programs. They hate each other in every in every sport. They're not in the same league, but they play every year. And I mean, the football rivalry there is fierce. And now the baseball, really the baseball rivalry's got to be second in that state. And that's a huge college baseball state. College of Charleston, Coastal Carolina, the Citadel, Wofford, Winthrop. There's a lot of good college baseball. All those teams have been in regionals in the last three years, basically. That's just a crazy college baseball state, and those are the two big schools, and they can't stand each other. And uh, so when South Carolina thumps Clemson like they did this weekend, uh, that that just tells you uh, that's that's huge. That's big. I know it's it's March. It was the second weekend, and they only played two games. But that's big. That could be big in recruiting. That's big psychologically. And I certainly, John, didn't see that coming as I, I picked Clemson in Upset City this weekend. Well, the, the scouting director I talked to going into that series on Friday said, ah, Clemson's going to have the better of that series. I really think so. And I think the, that most people thought the same thing you did. So. But, but, but you know, give obviously you have to give South Carolina a lot of credit. Their offense, first of all, uh, is, is really, really good, as we knew. But, uh, but you know, D.J. Mitchell battled, but Ryan Hinson – Really didn't pitch well for, for Clemson. Um, Sounds like DJ Mitchell's stuff wasn't one hundred percent there either. He's right. Uh, you know, those, those are that's a great one-two punch for Clemson. But this weekend when they needed him, those guys didn't come through. And Mike Sisko and Cooper really did for uh, for South Carolina. And that's that's the, thing. That's the big question. We've yeah. questioned South Carolina's pitching is two weeks in and see how it holds up in the SEC. But right. so far, so good for the Gamecocks. One rough weekend against East Carolina, one very good weekend against Clemson. And I'm not ready to say right now that South Carolina has better pitching than Clemson because I just don't think that's true. But it might be they're better, they're a better team. They're, I think we agree they're a better team. We thought that going in. Yeah, we thought that we thought that going in. We just thought it'd be head to head. You know, Clemson might give them trouble. But uh, kudos to Reese Havens. Absolutely. How about this guy? Uh, a lot of critics out there because he's had two. I, I don't think anybody, based on what we saw last year, the Super Regional. I don't think anyone's more critical of Reese Havens than Reese Havens. He completely owned his struggles in his first couple of years, completely owned it in the Super Regional last year, went to the Cape, and Mike Roberts was in here today. He's coaching the Cape, one of his uh, occasional pop-ins in the Baseball America office, and just gave all the credit to Reese Havens. But scouts up in the Cape give a lot of credit to Mike Roberts for helping Reese Havens with his swing, and he's carried that over. We write a lot about summer college leagues, and sometimes you can carry that momentum over, and some players don't. And Reese Havens has done it 12 for 24 so far, showing power. Uh, very exciting beginning of the year. Really, you have to hope for good things for a guy like Reese Havens who has those plaudits and has that expectations and some hype and uh, takes it on himself to um, overcome that criticism or overcome his own struggles and turn it around. And it's funny, John, when you watch him because uh, he's, he's he, one of the adjustments he made last summer 
uh, was to lower his hands so that they're down kind of near his chest uh, in, in his setup. It's a very unorthodox setup, and, and, and you wouldn't think he'd be able to, to get the kind of bat speed he gets doing that, but it has helped him, and so, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, it's 12 for 24. You can't argue with those uh, results so far. Uh, wrapping up the Baseball America podcast, a couple other things that we looked through the uh, the rankings here in uh, Long Beach State, off to an outstanding start. We love the Dirtbags. Uh, this team, this Dirtbags team, has a chance to be very, very good. They're joining the rankings this week by UC Irvine, second Big West team. Wow. Last week, Cal State Fullerton was in. They get swept by Stanford. Again, we could talk West Coast. So many fascinating things going on out there. How about Stanford sweeping Fullerton? They've won 10 straight at Sunken Diamond against the Titans. That's just hard to do. But uh, UC Irvine, seven games, four shutouts, three straight this weekend. Uh, how about uh, how about uh, Bryce Stowell and uh, yeah. I'm getting my Gorgons mixed up. That's Scott Gorgon. Scott Gorgon and, and Christian Bergman pitched very well on, on Sunday. The 20, 25 that. innings. No, 20, yeah, 20, it was 25 20. innings. No, 23 out of 27 innings by their starters shutout innings. It's just, just a very impressive. Certainly a strong start to the Mike Gillespie era in Irvine. Yeah, you know, and, and we'll have probably a little bit more on them in the weekend preview as they'll travel to Tulane this weekend, but... Uh, you know, the, the pitching is, is strong as, as it was expected to be. The defense is strong as it was expected to be. Uh, they've been very good up the middle with Ollie Litton and Ben Orloff, and, and those two guys really set the tone for that offense. And it hasn't been a great offense so far. They're not scoring a ton of runs. Right. Uh, but, but they've been solid. And, and the key Just, thing for them might be getting Casey Stevenson back eligible. Uh, the guy who was supposed to come in and play third base for them, um, he's, he's been had, had some issues with the NCAA Clearinghouse regarding a course he took in high school that – uh, you know, the, that shouldn't have been a problem, according to Coach Gillespie. But uh, he, he was a guy that they were expecting to step right in and be their number three hole hitter. So far, they're off to this this start without him even playing a game. So when he gets back, I think that offense could click. And Ollie Luton's really getting the job done right now. He's hitting around 400. Yeah. He's stealing bases. Uh, and with him and Orloff, also, they're strong up the middle defensively, which is a trait of that Irvine team that we saw last and year. And Aaron so. a great defensive catcher. Yeah, another great point. Uh, one last team to touch on here, Florida State, Florida State, Florida State. Yeah. Four-game sweep of a talented Auburn team and two games in Tallahassee, two games in Auburn. And uh, Mike Martin's got to be pleased. Right now he's getting some pitching. He's got, got Dennis Gwynn just going berserk at first base. Uh, 17 career home runs coming into the year, and he's got four already this year. Tony Delmonico playing well at shortstop. And then Buster, what it is right now, Posey, uh, pulling the double duty, catching and closing. Got a couple saves uh, on the year. I'm a huge Buster Posey fan. Uh I had to give him a little shout-out. I, I don't know anything about Busty, Buster Posey. I don't know if they give shout-outs in the part of Mississippi that he's from, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. I think well, he's from Pascagoula. I could be wrong. Well, he's I know this about him. I just want to say Pascagoula. He's, he's a heck of a player, and uh, there's a reason he was a first-team All-American for us. And, and you know, Florida State uh, is, is I think, showed a lot showed a lot this weekend against an Auburn team that, that I had as my Omaha sleeper entering the year. Right now, John, I think your Omaha sleeper. Yeah, I know Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina. a little bit better than mine, but... Uh, but Auburn, you know, the reason that we like them is because uh, they've got a dangerous lineup, even though there's a lot of freshmen involved. There. Those guys were really hitting head, 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 heading into this series. They did. They had a great debut, absolutely. But but Florida State's pitching really kept them in check, which I think uh, which showed me a lot. Because I, I figured Florida That's State would be a good offensive club, but their, their pitching kind of rose to the challenge this weekend. Yep, I mean, Florida State lost a lot of pitching. Uh, they really don't have a whole lot of power arms, but... Uh, they did a great job this weekend with a challenging and talented Auburn lineup. Uh, one other note we'll throw out, a story we're working on already, uh, from the draft side of the college side. You got, uh, well, we had Pedro Alvarez last week, the report on our blog about uh, it's a Hammond injury on his right hand, and he might be out a little bit longer than Vanderbilt uh, hoped or thought. 
Second of all, you got Alan Dykstra yeah. playing third base all weekend for Wake Forest. Uh, what the heck's going on out there? You got the assistant coach John Palmieri uh, with the Demon Deacons, 1998 first team All American. For those of you who are baseball America college historians, John Palmieri had one of the one of the great years in ACC history back in the day. Actually, it might have been 99, but he had 423 and uh, was a catalyst in Wake Forest's surge and a former teammate, of, of course, of uh, BA fave Ryan Johnson. Uh, but Palmieri, you know, actually, I don't think they played together. No, I think about it. But John Palmieri emailed me back, said, uh, you know, Alan Dykstra handled it okay. He played some third and fall, and they wanted to get some extra bats in the lineup at first or DH. Alan Dykstra could really improve his draft stock if he shows he can play a little third base. If you can at least give him a whirl at third base, I mean, maybe he could play third base as much as Bo Mills played third base. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of a similar player offensively. Uh, maybe not as pure a hitter as Bo Mills, but big-time power from the left side. Yeah. Maybe he improves himself. Uh, you got Dennis Rabin uh, out with some back issues for University of Miami. Uh, that guy could be a factor for University of Miami, but the scouting director I talked to said the University of Miami's got better pitching than it's had the last couple of years, and he says to watch out for the University of Miami. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I haven't had the guts yet to do, pull out my Jim Morris impersonation on the podcast. Maybe next time. Well, you know, Doug Kroll will have to email me to goad me on to do it. I'll tell you, Miami does have better pitching, I think, than, than people thought heading into the year, including – us, I would say. Right. I mean, we, we were questioning their pitching, but, uh, you know, Chris Hernandez, I think, has really been the key guy on Sundays. Um, you know, a, a freshman left-hander who's come right in and, and stabilized that rotation. So um, I think Miami is, is is going to be very, very good, as, as we expected. But, John, let me let me make one more point. Please do. Please before do. We, before we wrap this thing up, I just want to talk briefly about the, the very back of the rankings. Because okay. I think we had... Uh, a tough decision to make this week because they were like ten to make three basically. Yeah, there were a lot of teams we liked for these last couple of spots, um, and we ended up bringing in Kentucky, and uh, and, we, and we left Wichita State at twenty five. They were twenty last week, um, you know, and they they won a couple of games against Division two teams that obviously didn't do much for us. But then they went to Long Beach State and got swept, and so we thought about dropping the Shockers out. Um, I think we ended up deciding, hey, we'll we'll, we'll put them on notice here. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna completely kill you for having the guts as a cold weather team exactly. to go play at Long Beach State in February. So, uh, which means that teams like uh, like Pepperdine, uh, which had a good weekend and, and uh, you know, coming off that series win last week against Wake Forest, uh, they beat uh, they beat uh, Shooter. Well, they don't beat Shooter. Huh? They beat, they beat Tulane yeah. or, or Tulane. The waves over the green waves. Confused. That's here. right. They beat they beat Tulane and then they beat Texas Christian. I uh, got upset Sunday by Minnesota, but but Pepperdine off to a good start. They'll have to wait another week to get ranked. Uh, Stanford, same thing. Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. I think Oral Roberts has been impressive. So Oral Roberts has been very Texas impressive. Texas had a good week to bounce back from a, a shaky start. So. After after last week's anti-Oral Roberts ramp, I mean, sweeping a well-coached LeMoyne team, a team that can really pitch, the runs they scored against LeMoyne, that actually kind of wakes me up a little bit. That was a pretty impressive weekend for Oral Roberts. That's a series I think LeMoyne's motivated for. LeMoyne's got to win to get an at-large bid because they got booted by the back. They've got to win every series, basically, like that, and they get swept. So right. uh, that was that was a very impressive bite for me. Texas A&M bounces back very well. It's a very talented team. Uh, good win against Arkansas. There are a lot of teams that were deserving of getting ranked. But like you said, bouncing Wichita State because they had the temerity to go on the road the second week of the season, play Long Beach State, and don't forget their first weekend was basically wiped out. They only played one game. Right. I think Wichita State earns a mulligan. Right, and, and you know, it's hard to make the top 25, John. There's only... 25 teams that can do it out of 286. I mean, we're not going to rank, you know, our top 40 or 50 because it, it should be a, uh, an honor to be in the rankings. And so 
Uh, there's a lot of really good teams right now that I think are, are just outside the rankings. Doesn't mean we don't like them. Right. We're paying attention. Uh, Central, oh, we Florida, Central Florida them. is another one, John. Great point. Has, has off to a really great start. So, yeah, seven and zero with a win against Missouri right. and uh, playing real well. Last year, a sophomore third baseman Chris Duffy playing well. Senior right-hander Jager Good off to a great start for the Golden Knights as well. Always fun to throw in a Jager Good reference whenever you can. It's Jager Great. <laughs> that is Jager Great. I can't top that. Until next week's podcast, he's Aaron Fit. I'm John Manuel. Thanks for listening to the Baseball America College Podcast. So long, everybody. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.